Oh yeah, you almost died. Then then the scribe job. Yeah, I almost died for no reason. You at least have like a cool photo. Yeah, least. we just got a we just got a message from your from your wife that was like, no big deal. Eric's almost dead. We got him coming back. Don't send flowers. That was it. Like we we're like, should we come see him? She's like. He does this all the time. <laughs> it did reaffirm for me that if this was my last day on earth, I'd still want to do this podcast with you guys. Yeah, no, from the hospital bed, you were messaging us with actual work relevant things. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. just I'm alive, but get to work clowns. Yeah. So, like, I was impressed. I got some very some very uh, good founder DMs when I was in that hospital. I feel yeah. like they, they, you know, I was rewarded. Our deal flow is primarily driven by like close to death situations. <laughs> Near death experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, makes sense. It's a great lever, though, because you're like, you're like, please. I'm looking you, to make a last investments. You wouldn't, re- <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't refuse a wounded soldier. Yeah. I, I fought our country nobly. Hello again and welcome. I'm Eric Jorgensen. I don't know much, but I have some very smart friends. And if you listen to this podcast, then no matter who, where, or when you are, you do too. Together, we'll explore how technology, capitalism, and friendship create a brighter, more abundant future. And today, we're going to do it with a gallon of giggles, because I'm back with Bo Fishback and Al Doan, my partners in Rolling Fun, our early stage investment fund. We invest in startups building world-changing technology, and we try to make some money for you as we do it. In the past two years, we've invested in 26 companies, including Allo Atomics, who's building nuclear fission microreactors, Adam Limbs, who's building non-invasive mind-controlled robotic prosthetic limbs, and recently, a next-generation battery company that might just change the whole damn world. In this episode, we talk about our new investments from Q2 and Q3 of 2023, and we'll have another episode soon with Q4 and a bunch of portfolio updates. But it all starts with Al Doan telling us about his epiphany from climbing Mount Everest. I'm honored that over 50 listeners have already joined the fund as investors. Uh, you can learn more at rolling.fun, which is linked in the show notes below. And if you're an accredited investor, you can invest through AngelList today. As always with a rolling fund, the trains are leaving the station. The sooner you invest, the more of our deals you get to participate in. To learn more, please reach out through Twitter or email. Now, I invite you to take a deep breath, relax, and enjoy your time with Smart Friends, your favorite podcast, arriving in three, two, one. This podcast was brought to you by Meat Sweats. <laughs> <laughs> We're all up from our nap. <laughs> Dude, that was I, Oklahoma like- Oklahoma Joe's will take it out of I'm you. very glad I did not have a, a, a robust breakfast. It was a protein shake and a drive down and like- Rocket got, pig, rocket yeah, pig for yeah. the win. You got to know when we're going to have a meeting that is going to be murdered. calories. We murdered the Casey Joes. <laughs> going to be calories. We've been been out of the game for a minute. It's very good. Yeah, to be people reunited. are asking, like, "Hey, what what's the deal with the podcast?" We've been inundated by yeah. uh, by an email, listener, listener. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want this, and uh, listener, if I may, we want it also. So we're happy to be here. We do owe you an explanation about our absence from your ears, which is that. Al moved to Hawaii for the summer. Listener, I was <laughs> I was in Hawaii. No, yeah, we're we're remodeling the house, so I went to Hawaii for a couple of months, and then literally from sea level, took a flight twenty seven hours on Air India, which I didn't know was the was the Ryanair of uh, yeah, uh, of the Eastern world. It is the Ryanair of the Eastern world. My first class seat. I don't. I don't know. Anyway. From sea level to 14,000 feet and then hiked for 12 days up to 18,000 feet, which is not as easy as it sounds. I know you're hearing this, listener. You're hearing this thing, 18,000, that's easy. That's not. That's base camp Everest. That's exactly right. I hiked to the base camp of Mount Everest. I didn't even try and go up, and it was still hard. This was the plan. The plan was base camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted to go see the big mama. I didn't want to die. You, you pass these you things. Are like, die. Is that, is they're that? like, here lies Peter, father of four. He loved doing hard things. And I'm like, why, why would Peter ever think? Why would he climb Mount Everest? And then you look around and you're like, there are thousands of these monuments of here lies Jimmy. Take the world by the horns. Father of four kids and the, like very loving husband. Jimmy, what are you doing, wow. my man? Like, are they still? I hear the bodies are still like frozen there. In this the season, like, uh, well, I was talking to them. They're like, "Oh yeah, last season, twenty people died." I'm like, twenty people died. It's like That's it's a like a meaningful. I think it's like thirteen percent of of hikers don't make it down or something to the peak. No, they they'll make it to the peak. Most of them make it to the peak. 
well, I think a lot of them, it's more packed now than it ever has been, but like coming down is where you die. This is, there's an analogy in this listener. There's an analogy in this for entrepreneurship. You can get to the peak. Most injuries will happen on the descent. On the descent. You have you if you know a founder that sold their company and stepped back, give them a hug, will you? Give them a hug. They have nothing to do now and they feel like they're losers because they used to be important. But give them a hug. That is they're stepping carefully. They're tired. They're making mistakes. They're off the edge. That was a better analogy than I thought we were going to get out of that, <laughs> for sure. How much more compared to Kilimanjaro? Yeah. Kilimanjaro was higher. You go to like 20,000 feet in Kili, but you're like, you you start in the rainforest at the base and you climb up because you've done it too, yep. right? Yep. You climb up and then you have like two days where it's kind of crappy and you yep. like a night or two of sleep. On the, on the base camp trek, I was on, I was on this trail for like 12 days and you're like, it's just cold and the food sucks. And I'm not sleeping great. And it like, it compounds. And you're like, is my, my brain is swelling. That's what I, I guess altitude sickness is. Your head swells. Oh. And uh, you're like, my head, my whole body hurts. And you're dry heaving and puking your guts out with, uh, with ginger soup mm. <laughs> and one hard boiled egg for breakfast. No, it, it honestly, it's a beautiful track. Everybody should do it. You, you'll love it. It's great. Great sell. Unbelievable sell. I can't <laughs> wait. I, can't I like, wait. I, I'm, I'm trying to do a hard thing a year, like one big, audacious mm. hike or something because i'm much better at working out when i have a thing if i don't have a thing i cannot convince myself to go to the gym because my wife loves me anyway it's her fault yeah <laughs> and, uh, it is her fault. i'm it like i don't fault. have to do push-ups she's already into it yeah but like if i have a thing coming up then i'm like okay it's worth the gym like let's yeah. let's go i gotta stay healthy gotta be ready because i don't want to get out there and die you're a lucky man I, it, my wife has made it extremely clear to me that her love is conditional on my incredible physical yeah, condition. That, that makes sense. Dude, yeah. you go, you go bald. You're on a flight to Turkey tomorrow. <laughs> just getting that scalp fixed up, brother. You're like, there is no chance. You get hair plugs annually, just to <laughs> yeah. be sure. I'm overseeding the scalp just, just to make sure the, the stuff grows in good. That yeah, is, so I was gone for a little bit, and and then you came back, and Eric had a job. Yeah. So we've had no you our last podcast was in March. So like no since then you yeah, you've done uh, time in Hawaii, climbed Everest. I had my lung collapsed, then I was in Michigan for the summer, then Oh yeah, you almost died. Then and then the scribe job. Yeah, I almost died for no reason. You at least have like a cool photo. Yeah, least. we just got a we just got a message from your from your wife that was like, No big deal. Eric's almost dead. We got him coming back. Don't send flowers. That was it. Like we we're like, should we come see him? She's like, he does this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it did reaffirm for me that if this was my last day on earth i'd still want to do this podcast with you guys yeah, no, from the hospital bed you were messaging us with actual work relevant <laughs> yeah, things yeah Not just i'm alive but get to work clowns yeah so, like, i was impressed i got some very some very uh, good founder gms when i was in that hospital i feel yeah. like they the, you know i was rewarded our deal flow is primarily driven by like close to death situation <laughs> near death experience yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, makes sense it's a great lever though because you're like you're like Please, I'm looking you, to make a would, last investment. You wouldn't, re- you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't refuse a wounded soldier. Yeah. I, I fought our country nobly. I'm sorry I didn't respond to your stupid email. I was in the hospital. I almost died. I will be the most low maintenance investor you've ever had. I will be dead. <laughs> no updates required. <laughs> I will take your. I'll take your money because you're going to be dead anyway. Yeah. No, probate's not going to figure out from the hospital. Do it Let's for go. my kids, for my family. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a, it was a busy summer it was a busy summer we didn't, we didn't lowest, a lot of- your lowest stress investor <laughs> I'm, there's a 30% chance I'm dead please take my money yeah, yeah we, had, we were all in different places geographically for a while but I think we managed to do some good work on the portfolio side we just didn't get a lot of, didn't oh, get a lot yeah. of podcasting done until we were, yeah. no, we we did were all in the same place we just didn't do podcasting listener yeah. we've been investing we've been doing doing our jobs yeah which we're going to catch everybody up on. I feel like there's at least, there's probably going to be two episodes because we have like three quarters worth of investments to catch up on in podcast language. Allegedly. Allegedly. And Al's had some cool, we, I don't know, we've, we've learned some things. We've been reflecting. We've been growing. Uh-huh. And we're going to go through all of it. Should we start with Q2? Do we, we, do we have any other life update things? Or we should just start how with is, Q2. How is CEOing? CEOing is good. I, I feel like I'm, Greatly increasing the empathy for like operators always. And we are now yeah, <laughs> mm. three, a full three CEO fund. I don't have to like qualify that anymore. True. A lot of meetings as it turns out. Yeah. 
Sometimes, sometimes the idea of CEO is sexier than being CEO. I, look, I had a front row seat to CEOing for a long time. You were not like, naive. To I was this. under no yeah. delusion that this was going to be like. I feel like I still am under a bit of a delusion. Like I don't remember it ever being hard. I'm like, I could be a CEO again. I should do that one more time. And then I'm like, I'm sorry, you want me to work Thursdays? <laughs> Thursday's my day. That's yeah. the, that's the me day. Yeah, you just peek at that calendar. You're like, not nah, hard, hard no on that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of meetings, a lot of moving parts. Like getting almost everybody I know has like who is CEO has built their companies around them, and so like yeah. they're an expert in every domain. They've like slowly accrued it. So the like experience of onboarding as a CEO is kind of wild. Do you want to talk about like what Scribe is? Yeah, I can do that. Give me a two sentence summary. Scribe is a professional publisher, which is basically the opposite model of a traditional publishing company. We will support anyone who wants to publish their book. We're basically a professional services firm to help them write, edit, publish, and grow, promote their book. And like, like, uh, yeah, like Goggins is your claim to fame, right? Like but, that guy, that guy used you guys, didn't he? Yeah, Goggins and, has sold like five million books and by by doing it himself and owning the publishing rights you pay like you know your your tens of thousands up front for the writer and all the editing and everything and then you own everything and whatever you sell you keep right yeah so we we are the path for authors to keep 100 percent of their ownership rights royalties all their creative decisions like if you go to a traditional publisher you get like an advance of like 50 100,000 maybe 200,000 if you're a huge writer you'll get a million bucks but like you also give up your creative control final cut and like 85% 85% of your royalties. Yeah. So if yeah. you think of it like a business, like you're giving up most of your equity it, before you even build the it's thing. It's been funny. My mom just my mom just wrote, a, we, we did a book deal for her because my mom's a famous YouTube quilter. Talk to your moms. They know about her. <laughs> and and so we did a book deal and it was it was funny because my idea, I feel like I feel like like raising venture money is a lot of the same thing where like the idea of it, of it validating you and all this stuff, like it carries yeah. so much cachet and then you talk to somebody that's just done it and they're like, oh, I'll never do this again. This is terrible. But like, n- yeah. not us. We're almost dead. We're not going to be bad. These days. We're great. <laughs> I'm talking to other guys. But but like in the in the book writing world, yeah. So she she gets an advance, which is very nice. And then we we write this book. They they give her an author that she pays for out of her advance. To like it, it's a cut of all this that goes yeah. towards paying the author. We write the book. The book is great. Um, and then, I, like, in my mind, I'm like, I see these guys on the Today Show and stuff talking about their books all the time. That's probably, well, we got a publisher. We're going to do this. Yeah. And, like, we launch, and they're like, all right, can you email your list one more time? I'm like, I'm doing all the sales. Yeah. And uh, and then yeah. they want me to send, this, send the, the people to Amazon so we can get on the Amazon bestseller. And I'm like, I don't even get to keep the margin on the books that we're doing. Like, this is silly. And it's literally, like, all the promo comes from us. All the like everything yeah. is supposed like they they put it all back on on you and then they're like oh and we got you on uh, St Joe KQET two channel news and I'm like that that's not helping me you guys it was yeah. a very disappointing or very disillusioned on traditional publishing because yeah outside of the advance she's made zero dollars on it and it's like in your world yeah that like we would eat what we kill and if we have high confidence in what we can do and you get what you pay for right yeah. like their model is that like the cost the pr the marketing like those are line items and the conceit of the whole thing is like well most of these books are going to fail so like we're yeah. just going to be- place 100 bets tell all the authors to like go go for it and then like we'll have some breakouts in their portfolio and ours is like no every book like the author is the ceo of that book yeah. they should get the majority of, or all of the you know few dollars per book that they sell not cents on the dollar and then they'll have the resources and motivation to invest in their own and they'll get the pr they pay for they'll get the marketing they pay for they'll send people to amazon they'll go get the reviews like they'll have the reason to do the work instead of i'm increasingly a fan of your model thank you we we, want to know we would love to do jenny's next book Bo, when do we get the analog or the uh the anthology of a youth basketball (laughs) (laughs) when does this happen I could write a great book on youth basketball. <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of readers for it, so I think that they may not just bring more drama. Test. Bring more drama in <laughs> the highly dramatized youth basketball version. Yeah, are I there, still think low readers are there good. I'm sure, like I don't know. Tiger that was the Woods. whole premise of the Babysitter Club, dude. That was yeah, it. Yeah, that yeah, was that's it. Fair, that's fair. Millions of readers, yeah. like Serena and Venus. Dad write a book, or like 
I, there was a movie, but I don't know if it's based on a book. I don't either, but the movie was awesome. We need Pierce to become an all-star superstar so you can write. This is all just a long con so that Eric can get a sale and you'll write a book with him. We got to edit that out. This is a secret weapon. I would never put that pressure on Pierce. Not publicizing. Yeah, we're not publicizing. (laughs) (laughs) There are many secrets we must keep Uh, until the the appropriate time. Understood. I don't know which secrets. (laughs) (laughs) We all thrive on low expectations. Oh, yeah. That's. The self degradation. Uh, we'll never. We're never gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We, we we invested in some companies. We dabble. It's fine. Oh no, we're uh, leading the frontier of nuclear technology. Yeah. No, it's nothing. <laughs> we try to. It's it is an unfortunate. That is literally how I pitch like LPs. Where I'm like, oh, you know, we we got some energy investments. We got some stuff. We're doing some cool things. Yeah, I think our like Midwestern humility is really working against us yeah. in the LP pitching department. Yeah. yeah, very reasonable, like measured messaging about this. It's an unfortunate part of the like VC game theory that being a braggadocious d bag is actually like accelerates the. You- you go back to like your your first introduction letter to like this. It's like you shouldn't invest in us if you don't want to wait twelve years for returns. And we make no promises <laughs> that there will even be returns. We are investing in the future of humanity. That's, yes, highly in a highly speculative <laughs> fashion. Past performance <laughs> like, does not oh, indicate yeah. future results. <laughs> you compare uh, that to sequoias of like yeah. we will almost guarantee a return. I should put more unicorn emojis in my Twitter bio. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I'm hearing, yeah, bro. Yeah. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> or we can say we like us. We like ourselves the way we are and just, <laughs> just keep plugging. It's all are we capable like, of that. It's all just like affirmations and stuff in yeah. a room full of balloons. We're a pin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough banter. Let's get to the juice. Okay. We have, we have many investments to catch y'all up on. Every one of which we're proud of. We love all of our children equally. I don't care for Job. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent callback. So we're going to pick up in Q2, I believe is where we left off from March. So I'm going to go through Q2 investments. And that starts with Oros and a founder, Ethan Loosebrock. If you are mm-hmm. a dedicated listener of this podcast, you may have already heard my interview with Ethan and Eli Dorado because we had him do like come to a full episode. But I love this dude. I love this idea. I think it's like a perfect example of the kind of deep tech that like sort of our taste is evolving towards, which is the like, there's a very obvious, huge demand. This is a brand new capability for humanity if it is buildable. And Ethan's been like chasing this idea for 10 years or so. He like read about, read papers about all these different battery, like chemistry innovations in undergrad very specifically positioned himself to like work in the lab that these things were coming out of like slept this, this is the long the con yeah, yeah it was like, just yeah. Like a long con. he's like i am going i think he said this in my very first meeting she will like, be mine i want to oh, be the yes. john d rockefeller of batteries and i was like please explain that to me <laughs> and an hour later i was like yep this is fantastic i'm in innovation is a chemistry piece of the manufacturing the lithium-ion battery manufacturing process and he wants to perfect this dramatically increase the energy density of lithium ion batteries like from 5 to 10x which is huge and in, like my layman's understanding is that it increases like the molecular surface area between the cathode and the anode so you can like transfer much more you store much more energy much more quickly and dispatch it much more quickly but the upshot would mean like your phone battery would last for a week or your tesla could drive across the country or your solar it- panel could keep you off the grid for months. Yeah, I remember the, st- the stuff we were worried about was like, was like, like our, our, if we were talking ourselves out of this, it was like, it was like, man, the number of people that have had the idea of let's make a better battery is many people. Yeah. And like that, honestly, that's the biggest strike against investing in something like this is that like the bodies littered along the road are so many, but it does not mean that you should stop trying to innovate in that space and yeah. like, and like see that future. And these guys, I mean, they've got, it's a unique tech. It's something that hasn't been developed yet that they, you know, very much believe has that potential. And to what, to what you were saying, like, if they're right and we can make one-tenth the number of batteries that we need, like, we are able to do a dramatic 
improvement for yeah. humanity. Totally changes what's physically possible. Yeah. Like electric jets become a thing, like vertical takeoff and landing, which is. There's, I mean, that's really what we're trying to get. Yeah. Like, I oh, want to. Yeah. Have you seen that Jets in Air? Yeah. You said you already yeah. got a pre order. No, yeah. I, tr- I, tr- I sent him an email. I was like, I know it says max weight 215. <laughs> what does 245 look like? And they were like, it will dramatically reduce the airtime. And I was like, Okay, well, call me, call me when the battery gets better. Because I want it. $92,000, $96,000, I'm in. I just want to be the first person in Hamilton that flies his yeah, quadcopter yes, and parks do. it right behind. Be like, I'd like a donut, please. Uh, <laughs> They're like, is that thing going to take off on the I, way home? It's like 80% of the reason I drive a Tesla. Just because like, I wanted the novelty of the X-Wing doors. Now it's just a car with goofy doors. But like in the beginning, I was like, yeah, hey, yeah. guys. It'll dance too. You want to see? Yep. And I just need I need that Jetson Air for the first couple flights in. Be like, who the crap is? It'd this? be so awesome on the farm too, dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, not having to drive down roads, going over <laughs> old guys' farms that are like <laughs> shooting at me like a drone. <laughs> I have a vision. Anyway, yeah. So we're that's really why we're investing in battery tech is so that we big fly. guys, so the big guys get the chance to fly in the air on these personalized aircrafts. That's what we're doing. I'm very excited about this one. It is like not a typical startup. It's like just battery chemistry engineers in the lab building <laughs> yeah, building right, prototypes. Right now, their their updates are like, "Hey, we got the, we got this cell to hold this thing." And yeah, like oh, neat. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah, yes. it is that. Keep it it is, it is like real missionaries who are very proud of like here is a bag of battery. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's pretty awesome. Hell yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. here is a bag of battery. Yeah, that's a bag of battery. That's it's pretty neat though. And remind me how close we are to this being world change. Okay, yeah, yeah re- yes. okay, almost there, getting there. We were talking about this a little before we started recording. Though, like the difference between technology chasing a market and a technology just like unlocking a very obvious market. And this is one I, I've heard Elon Musk on interviews be like, as soon as you have a battery. If you have have one battery prototype cell that can demonstrate higher than like this energy density, which is currently the Tesla like state of the art, send it to me and I will send you millions of dollars. Yeah. Like buy your company, invest your like we will. There is infinite demand for this yeah. immediately. Yeah. And it, it is a cool you, you're there's a huge graveyard of batteries, lots of insane claims. But we like needless to say, we hope they're right. We hope they're right. <laughs> yeah, we hope we they're placed right. our bet. Uh, we hope they're right. Yeah, they're they're early. They're chugging along. Ex- super excited to see where that one goes. But next is a redacted. We cannot. This st- startup uh, is still in stealth. What? Come we on. Invested Ooh, in it. We invested. Can't even see the name. No, the name is in public. Yeah. Um, I checked the founders LinkedIn. Still like. Which still one in is stealth. it? Is it uh, Billy Bob? Is it? Uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. we're working from the same. Whatever. Place. Row, row, row forty-eight is what I believe we can refer to it as. <laughs> yep. What does row forty-eight do? Serial number. <laughs> also, can't disclose what, that. What, uh, what industry? Let's just go human health technology. Oh yeah. Oh that. <laughs> damn it. I <laughs> see. I honestly didn't even know which one we're talking about. I'm over here saying like, no, get. No, no. <laughs> We've kept it a secret from Al. Also. <laughs> <laughs> that that should be public this year. But they have been like making great progress. It is uh, like new technology that's getting sort of. I want to work on a startup that's awesome. so valuable that I can't even say the name. I just want to. I want to do that one time and be like, if people knew the name of the startup I was building, they would flip out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. We're not. I'm not as cool as these guys. So more updates to come on that one when we're allowed to share it. Next is. Alt HQ. Alt, Alt HQ is this very, very cool founder, Mike Zhang. Mike Zhang, I'm, I know through, we're like the top 100 entrepreneurs under 28 or something. Where'd you meet 20 him? years ago Where'd at the White House. Yeah, you know, when we were hanging at the White yeah, House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike's story is Where's, rad, though. Is this Obama's White House? Is yeah. this Clinton's White House? What are we talking I, about? I think it was a. I think it was Obama. I think okay. it was Obama's White House. And he couldn't be there for a small business day because he had to go to Nike or something. I mean, real douche, that guy. <laughs> we didn't even hang out with uh, the random tour that came through. <laughs> the, uh, no, so so Mike, Mike, Mike's story I love because when he was 14, he started the Airsoft Mega Superstore. And like this dude, as a 14 year old, was import exporting, grew his company to like $40 million a year, $50 million a year. So as a 14, 15 year old, this is wild. He, he said his like immigrant families, parents like bet their life savings and they, on and his they all, business as they a 14 year old. They all started working for him. Yeah, dude, guys just so, so sharp. What an animal. Um, so anyway, he's done, he's done a bunch of companies, CEO of a bunch of stuff. And uh, he came to us with an idea that he's working on right now in the sort of 
aftermarket private equity spaces. So like, like investments in private equity, yeah, yeah. letting that be searchable, digestible, reportable, standardized. It's a, it's, it's another one of those things where like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of bodies along the way, a bunch of people that have tried to do this. Anybody that actually does figure this out is sitting on a gold mine and, and it's going to be brilliant. Why you? And he, his thing is he's got, he's got a couple of people that like are very engaged that are the people that can make it happen. Right. So he's got investors on the cap table and like his first couple of, of use cases that he's, that he's got using the product are the people that you'd want using the product and trying it out. Big family offices with yep. like more than a hundred private invest, maybe more than 50 like active private investments i think he says like the sweet spot where the tools really start to make a difference and it's cool because some of his early stuff the tech the tech overlap to stuff that we've done was was interesting where we were able to, able to provide some value pretty quick so he's great i actually i need to check in with him i uh i sent him some popcorn at christmas need, need to go say hi see how he's doing but super smart guy i mean you, you bet on these on these crazy smart like savant dudes every time and so he's one of those that we love and uh, are excited to see what he does. I think that the timing of his idea is good too, in the sense that like the capability of like a smart AI software to like extract all of this data and actually have it be correct and yeah. not need a ton of cleanup and proactively surface the right information could save a ton of time. We well, have a smart model and say, how would you categorize this? How, help me tag this so that it's, it's searchable and falls in the right spaces and stuff. Like that kind of thing just has never been possible until like a year ago. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden there's a real swing at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know some of the people who we have as LPs who are listening are good like fits for this and could be good early beta yeah. testers. Like if you if you manage a bunch of private investments, let us put you in touch with with Mike Zhang and you can pilot this thing. First, first invest in our in our uh, fund yeah, and yeah. then we'll take your call. <laughs> <laughs> Don't LinkedIn message us without <laughs> being in it's a good time to double down on rolling, <laughs> rolling fun we've got the uh all right that's q oh no no we oh, got one, one, one more one more one yeah. also al oh yeah yeah zencaster so zencaster is a buddy of mine josh nielsen who you know know and love very smart guy great story he built he's like honestly i think he's the world's greatest audio file on the internet like he's the guy He's the guy that like, oh, I I fixed the audio drift in Node because Node had a thing where like when you're recording on the internet that you can have, they call it like an audio drift. And he's like, yeah, Spotify called, their engineers called me and asked me how I did it. And I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like that kind of guy, right? It's like, it's like du dude has thought about and worked in audio more in like in, in the JavaScript, you know, sort of Python world than anybody else out there. And got some smart dudes on the team that like are really solving some stuff. So Zencaster is a is an is a podcasting software for helping creators easily record and create podcasts and, and audio on the internet. They've added a ton of features, done a bunch of really cool stuff. And what they're working on right now, which I, I think is great, is they're helping monetize small creators. And so we've we've had it's part of our thesis for a long time that somebody is going to solve the ability for me to go and advertise on podcasts in a very dynamic easy way it should be as easy as like placing facebook ads and it's not it's all done with brokers and then you have like you have like these broad ones where audible can buy for a penny you know <laughs> put their ad on a bunch of trash stuff but like they don't know where it's going they don't know the, the data and stuff that needs to exist for that to be a real advertising thing for people to sink millions into hasn't existed these guys are cracking that nut and so that's what so they're staring very hard at, and it's one of those things that like they have a profitable business as is, and they're they have all the time in the world to just solve this problem and keep banging their heads on it. And so they've got they introduced a monetization product we got pretty excited about. I don't know I don't know the fervor that it's rolling out right now because onboarding was taking some time, but like they will continue to just stare at this problem until podcasting and advertising on podcasting is seamless and big brands can come in and place big bets on this stuff and uh, they'll just take a cut of the of that space. And honestly, you probably end up getting bought by a Spotify or some giant audio thing, like a Netflix or something, or a YouTube would be very smart to like be a part of their world in the end. So that's what that's what we're investing in, that big long shot of like the, the advertising on audio being solved in this very programmatic way. Yeah. 
th- they make sense to me from both a podcaster's perspective and yeah, they're, they're great software for podcasters. Yeah, yeah. it's a good software for podcasters. And to, to have one solution go all the way from like a microphone to monetization as a podcaster is huge. And like, I'm, I'm a huge believer in like the audio movement that like those ads can have really like both be really accurate based on if you have good data on what the show is and who's listening to it yeah. and be highly effective. And so like, I am excited to use their ad product at, at like at scribe because i think it's a perfect way to reach uh, awesome, very specific numbers of people yeah, yeah anyway on to the next quarter gentlemen no yeah i'm excited i'm excited about all those i think this is gonna be a great quarter those updates have been coming in coming in hot q3 oh these are both so They're good amazing. you okay. guys are excited q- for q3 q3 was pretty sweet uh yeah <laughs> i like as i look at everything actually from wait before we get into it can <sighs> we say the names yeah, can yeah, we yeah. say yes, oh, yes, okay, yes, okay. Yes, yes. okay oh, talk about adam lind okay <laughs> uh, well you were excited about <laughs> no, this i was one. very i was and remain extremely yeah. excited about adam limbs i believe the phrase was like you guys can invest if you want i'm investing <laughs> yeah adam adam limbs is doing the thing from the future where they make prostheses that really work they're robotic prostheses i grew up with a dad with one hand and spent a lot of time from the time i was a kid realizing how that changes your interaction with the world and they are they are building the iRobot version of prostheses roughly with probably uh, I think inarguably the smartest people in the world like the, the, who do what they do. And it is one of these like we've all seen what they are building in sci fi movies and read about it in books and they're like doing the real thing. And it is also one that they've already overcome. I think so many technical hurdles that it is really an execution mode. It was, I think, a relatively expensive deal for us in terms of what we invest in, but also like there's like near there's basically no limit on how big the company could be that owns that space and so you know if you go to their website you will immediately see why it is exciting for somebody who grew up with a dad with one hand it is (laughs) it looks like magic that is going to exist in our lifetime and that is pretty awesome yeah atom adamlimbs.com and and the 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 big swing is like if they can solve this for like a human hand that really should be every robot's hand also right yeah so, like, as you see all the human, the crazy humanoid robotic stuff coming out, like through Figure and the Tesla bot and stuff, I think they are probably farther along in like the mechanics of the hand because they've been trying to yeah. perfectly recreate a human hand with a very light touch thing. So the whole thing is only like a few pounds, and yeah. because it has to be really light and it's got to be really delicate, so you can like grab a wine glass or like holding it like a little hamster without. What, what what's, what's funny is like it's like for his bit all the big swing in there like. To have a dude, or, you know, some human that like is missing a hand, all of a sudden have a very elegant solution to that instead of the, like our hardware guy growing up had a hook, you know, and it's just like that yeah. changes how you interact with the world when you don't yeah. have the fingers. Like to give that that individual that probably means more to that community it's, than anything else. It's crazy, which is why they have huge demand wait list. Of right. demand, the, the 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 way the community has kind of like supported them, they've done like at least one crowdfunding round, maybe two. They've got a huge list of That's people so like ready for that thing to be commercialized. I love that they started with the the full arm because it's the hardest one. So if they've got full arm, they can do a hand no problem. It's already baked in. Legs are way easier than arms. Like they have a whole roadmap to basically do super high quality robotic I hate when prosthetics. People say that. Oh, you oh. lost the leg. That's the easiest one. What are you doing? <laughs> Everybody says that. <laughs> pisses um, me off. But yeah, a ton of ton of like X Apple IDO like Oculus neural. When, when we like, we got in at like it was like a hundred million dollar valuation, right? No, it was lower than that. Oh, okay. It, but it it was but, uh, but but the thesis, like our filter of like can it one hundred X from here remain true of like if they've solved human limbs, this is a great investment at whatever price we're getting it right now, right? Yeah, it's a much bigger market than you might think. So I, it, just it, prosthetics. May, it may sound niche, but yeah, prosthetics is a is a bigger market than you might think. Prosthetics plus humanoid robots in the next twenty years is incredibly than, enormous. Yeah, and you and you've got not just prosthetics, but also kind of either augmentation, voluntary augmentation, or replacement as Wait, people voluntary like, augmentation. Talk to me about that. Is that like the the tattoo of the future? Is, if you're like getting older and oh. more feeble, perhaps like. Dude, could you imagine swapping out the hand for a new hand or legs? If you're like, yeah, if, 
that, yeah, that yeah, is part of like what I love about my Tyler. dad just got a new hip, dude. He's like, no, 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 right? He's got a new everything. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me Brett Favre in the prime legs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. What those Ronnie Coleman's? Uh, <laughs> I think like, the thing that I thought when we were first looking at this was like where these guys are doing stuff that is just very special is around like the mind body interface. And they're like, hey, the first thing we'll do if your dad is interested is we'll put this cap on his head and we'll have him do these different things. Because even my dad, he lost his hand when he was seven years old. He His entire life, he felt like he could still feel his fingers and his hands, Whoa. even though it was not there. Right. And so being able to like figure out how to really manage and that mind body interface and then turn it into what it was. Right. Like yeah. the pick up a grape thing that they've yeah. shown and stuff is like this is one of these things like it is extremely obvious that someone is going to do it at some point. And with guys like this working on it, it will be in our lifetime. And if people don't pick it up and run with it, it will be in 500 years. And it's like, well, let's do that now. Like, yeah. let's invest in those things that like yeah. drag that future to the present. And that's these guys. Yeah. Like, it's pretty awesome. It's so fun, T- man. Tyler is amazing at this. And he's got a great, he's a very like future thinking person. He's got an amazing vision about this. And when you talk to him, he's so animated about the fact that like all this stuff has been, the, the individual technologies have been invented for a long time. Like they've been in labs that just like languished or they've been researched, but not built. And he's like, it just took somebody to put all these things together, yep. package it, commercialize it. And hire it, sexy Apple engineers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. make a beautiful, make a beautiful, beautiful slide deck, like collect the humans and inspire them. And yeah, I think that the like non-invasive mind control robotic thing that that's a, actually a huge part of their value. Yeah. Which is like huge. there's a cuff that monitors like what, muscles fire as the person mentally manipulates wow. their ghost limb and like that is what trains the robot so it, it's it's so <laughs> cool it's just it's so cool i'm so psyched about it i think that is an amazing mission and amazing technology an amazing team and there are so many enormous adjacent markets like even if prosthetics is as big as it gets that'll still be an amazing company but there is it is one of these things yeah. that seems like such a small leap to go from that to yeah if you're building a humanoid robot like just, just call and license the tech why would you ever try and build your own hand when yeah. that exists right it's yeah like, uh, that's so cool yeah it's it's awesome I, I love that one i'm very excited and grateful to kind of be supporting and part of that thing those guys are gonna do some very cool stuff and i can't wait to start seeing the like productized versions out in the world on people those I like mean, testimonial it, videos are going to be insane right now i don't know if you guys feel pre-rich but i feel pre-rich you feel pre-rich and we got a number of companies to go so this is this is great news maybe we should always do three quarters at a time it's really really like rapid fire rapid fire make it pile up another one so general fabco general fabrication company and matt palmer this one is a little more abstract, but still very badass, very deep tech, much earlier. So this is like, I love the starting of this story. Like Matt is a manufacturing nerd, started during COVID, was like at home in his apartment and like built an open source 3D printer to start building N95 masks. That's like how this thing, and he got like frustrated with how it was going and the state of the art and 3D printing. He's like, this is so much worse than it should be or could be. And so he started like modding together all of these different open source technology projects and created what he calls like the world building 3D printer. So this is like the fastest and it can replicate stuff like uh, like hard plastic products like camera, phone cases or uh, palm grips, like these recorders and stuff like that. And he's like, his vision is very, is to build like this self-replicating factory like build modular manufacturing equipment that can like he's using his products to build Wait, products what, what, that he's selling what what is the what's the the term for that like in space where they they fly out like the von neumann probes von neumann <laughs> yes. probes yeah fly out build your space building station <laughs> generate another one to keep going yeah it's like we, the we are invested Bob. in von neumann probes for earth <laughs> well you know it's interesting it's like in the 3d printing world like this is a thing even on these open source products and stuff that exists when you get a product update you're going to buy the new product they send you a third of it, and then they say, and here are the instructions to print the other two-thirds. No way. Assemble it. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> so it is like you start to take the best of all of those pieces and say, like, hey, we're going to, like, professionalize this and really turn it into something that can work. Like, that that won't happen unless somebody goes to do the work. And so it's it's cool. It is cool. Yeah, he's got he's got a vision for how the future of manufacturing can get a lot less uh, huge, like, line 
manufacturing line, like massive manufacturing equipment and much more like modular and fast and a ton of small kind of individual components getting like processed along. Sharp, sharp dude building and selling these things already on like a shoestring budget. I'm excited to see what he can do with with a little bit of capital and like see how fast these things grow and a vision for not just like this fast, super fast 3D printing product, but also like some other similar modular manufacturing products as we go. Why do you whisper that? What's going on? I'm trying, I don't know. (laughs) Like he, it's hard to know when you're talking to founders, what is a thing they're sharing with you in confidence about their long-term vision and a thing that's like, hey, go talk about that on a podcast. Yeah. So I'm I'm being like slightly cagey about his five to ten year plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like mentally sifting through his Twitter to be like only talk about things that he's already tweeted about. It's hard. It's hard. See, I just have a, a big mouth, and uh, you got to know if you tell me. <laughs> this is why we keep something secret from you. Out. <laughs> yeah, 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 man, that makes right? sense. Yeah, all right. I'm in, I'm in the future also. I see it now. <laughs> I don't, I don't fault you guys. We'll tell Al about it like three podcasts from now, and he's gonna love it so much. <laughs> My mind is blo- we invested in what? <laughs> yeah, as long as they're happy surprises. I'm great. excited to read these updates too. This is the most fun. <laughs> we do get good feedback on our investor updates. I like to. We, we I think we pride ourselves on that. Should feel a little like peeking into the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. feel like you got a little skin in the game. And we share some stuff there that's more secret. Yeah. Very more secret. secret. You'll, you'll secret. know names of companies. If See, if you're an LP, <laughs> there's things we can tell you that we can't tell everybody. <laughs> Not to gatekeep or anything, but. Um, it's amazing. Do you, Al, speaking of gatekeeping, do you want to talk about your celebrity interactions recently? I feel like this is a good. Which ones? I just okay. like that I have to ask okay. that question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did just big time us. I was thinking about the the beast. Oh, Jimmy. Now it's well, it's funny because now it's a it's an annual tradition. Every year we get together with there's I don't know how I even got myself into this group, but it's a great group of guys and we get together and play basketball for three days. And typically we'll hire like like uh, or we'll invite a uh train like a trainer that like oh and he trains Kyrie Irving and, and he's gonna come Alex and it's like oh that's neat and it's very bizarre because I don't know if you guys bet you but you really blow his mind you don't I haven't tried to be better at basketball in 25 years you know like I, like <laughs> yeah. I, I go to play and they're like all right run this drill we're gonna run it again I'm like my my leg hurts now this isn't <laughs> how my body moves I don't shift like that <laughs> don't do lateral movements and uh yeah so we'll end up we'll end up with like a bunch of it's very nice because it's like I make sixty percent of the layups I take, and uh, and it's that, <laughs> it's that caliber of basketball, and I like that. We're all very comfortable in that space, and being a big guy, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, what, man, I, like I just feel very dominant against uh, against these like sort of you know nerdy tall guys. They'll send in against me, Andrew Wilkinson. <laughs> He's out oh, there. Yeah, no. Dude, that guy, that he's, guy. He's he an is, idiot. He, he doesn't stand a chance. In the paint. He is <laughs> soft in the paint. I dominated that guy. I was, I was just oh, yelling, God. mismatch. Just like, I didn't even see him when I turned around. He's my size. I didn't even see him. I just went right through him. Uh, but, but then, it's amazing, Al. But uh, yeah, no, it, well, it's funny because it's it's just, it's a bunch of guys. House in the house. It's it's a bunch of great guys that like, that like all have done very, uh, very impressive things. <laughs> like, like. I mean the fact like Mr. Beast, we we all sort of he brings his own chocolate, which is kind of a fun uh, that's a fun thing to be known for when you show yeah. up to a party with your own boxes of chocolate. But uh that dude that dude gets so zeroed in on what he's tagging. Like he is he is one thousand percent focused. And so it's a it's a fun dude to chat with. And then he's we just go play basketball. And bunch of everybody, everybody is very rich. And then you then you step on the basketball court, it's like like uh, in my, you know, in my mind, I think about this all the time. We're like celebrities, you know, like surely Angelina Jolie lives a blessed life. And it's like, oh no, man, that chick wakes up and steps on Legos and kicks the shoes by the door and like yeah. wishes somebody had taken the trash out already and has to get the dishwasher loaded just like everybody else. Just, like, well, probably. And, uh, and, and like, it's nice to be reminded of that because, because you build people up like personas up in your mind. It turns out they're just people out there showing up, trying to do good things. And, uh, and so that, yeah. I don't. I don't know how that was pertinent to, to all this. But I, I'm excited to have eaten, you know, Jimmy's chocolate and played basketball with him, 
as well as uh, a number of other people, Sean and Sam that do the My First Million guys. It's, yeah. it's their group that puts it together. And very fun dudes, a lot of fun personalities, and it's nice to talk to people not on the podcast. See, you get if you guys ever meet us in person, we're not like this. This is <laughs> this is a persona we do. Okay, like if you could just get us one on one, we're fine. We're nice people. We don't, this abrasiveness, this anger that we fuel the podcast with. It's a show. It's just, it's a thing. It's a shtick. Uh, did you, and I hate to ask, <laughs> learn anything? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, oh, I see. You're leading me to the thing we talked about an hour ago that I completely forgot about. No, so there's uh, there's this, this guy, Zach, who was like a Founders Fund investor guy for a lot of years. And now he invests on his own for... Like, he's got a cool gig where he's like, no, I just make investments and then everybody believes in me so much that they all try and pile on money behind me. And so I control billions, but... I know exactly how they feel. I was like, yeah, same, bro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it, but it's funny because he's like, he's like, you think about... I was, I was asking him, like, what are you investing in right now as, as we play poker? Which, by the way, never a worse poker player on planet Earth than all in Doan, every hand. I, <laughs> I know, all, I, all I know about how to play poker is from what I've seen on movies, which is not representative of how poker goes. So I'm like, this one could be it, and you don't know what I have. And, and they just eat me alive. I'm out by the third hand every time. So we're sitting there playing poker uh, in a very short-lived stint, and, and I was like, well, what are you investing in? He's like, honestly, man, I have a Mount Rushmore of, of death. Of like, of like, if we, it, so there's four, there's like cancer, there's diabetes, there's like neuro stuff of like dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff, and then heart disease. And he's like, if I, if I, if you cure cancer, you only extend the average lifespan by like three years because one of these other ones will take it. Like you've got to, if, if we want longevity, we have to be tackling all these. He's like, so I'm actively looking for opportunities in each of these four. And if any of those can solve a thing, like I've done a great thing and I'm placing bets in those. And it was interesting to me because I was like, yeah, that's kind of reassuring for, for, or, and a good reminder for us as we like, as we sort of fine tune our investment thesis is like, as long, like, we don't want to be placing bets on stuff that if we're right, still kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. And we've, we've probably, I mean, you could argue that we've made a few investments that would fall in that, in that world of like, we, we liked it. It was a fun, it, it was a thing. And even if we're 1000% right, we haven't like, cured cancer we haven't solved a major thing and so you see more and more of our investments go towards like energy they go toward future of computing they go to you know it's like it's cool future stuff that if we're right we've helped change uh sort of the pace of of humanity but i thought it was i thought it was just a great way of looking at stuff and being like what are the four things and and you should have a mount rushmore of like finance and a mount rushmore of energy and a mount rushmore of quilting obviously Yes. You know, what, yes. what, what do you need? Like, if you're writing one of these, it's going to make a big difference and just distilling it down to those. And it was a lot of, a lot of fun chats in there. I think that, that is, a, <laughs> that is a great way to put our, our ever evolving thesis is like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> tackling ever bigger problems. Hopefully we get them early, but it's more important, I think, to find a big problem than to be early. Like we've started doing a few later investments that are like, close i don't know no. closer to 50 or 100 million valuation they're more baked companies but there's also like i have no doubt that this is yeah. a large problem a huge market and we're yeah, well that, on the way to something the difference between a 10 million dollar and a 50 million dollar entry price for a 10 50 100 billion dollar outcome is like not massive yep that's what we were talking about earlier a lot of the deals that happen with a lot of fervor around them oftentimes are just like you know, they're bust because you you accelerate due diligence, you're arguing for allocation, all that stuff. But then there's a bunch of, I mean, if you get a chance to put money in Uber, right? This is what Bo was saying earlier. Like, put money in Uber. You were right. You're going <laughs> to, yeah. and you know, Zach, Zach had a play that went into Ozempic. And I'm like, how, how did you get in on it? He's like, when you see an Ozempic, you get in on Ozempic. Like, it's yeah. it's going to cure addiction and diabetes. And like, uh, that's a that's a drug you want to be behind. And you put money in no matter where you get, uh, you get a chance to put money into it. And there's, there's, you know, maybe six of those deals in the last 10 years that are like, oh yeah, 100%, anything you can do to be a part of that, that solves, that. that is it, that's the thing. And so like, there's both those that you do anything to be a part of, and then also you need to ignore everything that's not those because they're all mm-hmm. wrong. This is a, actually a part of, I like the adage, like your fund size is your strategy. Yep. 
your fund size is your fund strategy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a so true. In in some LPs I talk to, there's it's a hesitation to invest in smaller funds. They're like, oh, we did like don't we need a seventy five million dollar fund at least because like we've got some requirements. And I'm like, yo, like on a cash basis, you just want to get exposure, get some amount of money into those potentially absolutely incredible outcomes. And there's way more spots for a fifty to two hundred thousand dollar check in a two million dollar or five million dollar round than there is a three million dollar yeah. check, right? And so like there's one three million dollar check and then a bunch of the other ones that like get yeah. you get you access in future rounds. Yeah. Yeah. So I like our theory in being a smaller fund writing minority checks is like it will always we have a better shot at getting money into those hundred X, thousand X, ten thousand X investments. And if you want to follow on, now you got an I mean yeah. we you got a guy. We makes know it, makes it easier to follow on and get more double down on them as we see them evolving. Really, I, listener, what we're trying to say is if you're not backing our fund, <laughs> this is the last time we're coming to you. Please. I just want all of these guts. <laughs> we, it's just not the ones. We need your donations. <laughs> we need your donations. Welcome to the Rolling Fund Pledge Jerry's, Drive. Jerry's kids <laughs> need your donations, people. That's episode one. Caught up on Q2, <laughs> Q3. We'll be back extremely shortly with a Q4. And beyond and, and beyond. Yeah. I appreciate you hanging out with us today. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, there are a few great episodes that you would queue up next. Of course, my previous episodes with Bo and Al, if you haven't heard them already. Uh, but related, number 34, Josh Stores Hall, the author of Where's My Flying Car about the next industrial revolution coming through AI, nuclear, and nanotech has been a huge influence on my investing thesis. Number 68 is Matt Lozak of Allo Atomics and the coming wave of nuclear energy. And number 66, uh, as we mentioned in the episode, that's Ethan Lusbrock with Eli Dorado, uh, a co-investor in Ethan's company, Oros, who's building those next generation batteries. Sign up for the Smart Friends email newsletter at ejorgensen.com. Invest with me and my partners in Rolling Fun. Links to both are in the show notes below. For an easy way to support the show, please text this episode to a friend or coworker you think would enjoy it. Every single episode you listen to and every single good idea you learn brings us all one step closer to utopia. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.